Hello, this is Southern Salon Podcast. I'm Amy Clark Spain. And I'm Brittany Robertson. And we're glad you're with us. So, Brittany and I are sitting in our closets recording a podcast because we're practicing social distancing in the middle of a pandemic, right? Absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and apologize up front for the quality of the sound of this podcast. Um, I'm literally sitting in a homemade tent in my closet talking on my cell phone while Amy is trying to make this work into our recording audio capacity. So we're working with what we can today. Yeah, we wanted to, you know, we started recording this podcast long before, long. I mean, February, but we started recording before all of this happened, and we had no, I'm sure like the rest of America, we had no idea it was going to come to this, but we've been learning how to podcast and learning how to edit and all of these things, and then this got thrown into the mix, and so you are going to hear some different levels of audio on the episodes that we have in these in this first series but we didn't want to miss our intended launch which was April 1 and as I'm sitting here I'm hoping Brittany that we make April 1 but it's no big deal right we're just going with the flow I told Amy today I said I think we can all relate to this we're navigating uncharted waters right now and the word that I'm using for myself and my family is grace We're, we're giving ourselves some grace as we're trying to kind of navigate and and make so many different things work and changing routines and changing normalcy and all kinds of good stuff. So we're, we're giving some, we're giving ourselves some grace right now. We are. And, you know, we had originally called this, well, we're still calling it unfiltered, but we had originally been planning to talk about social media in this podcast and, and it's, effects on people when life looks perfect but I don't think we need to go down that road now because it's clear that everybody's in the same boat and I think we're going to keep the title unfiltered because now we are seeing unfiltered lives we're seeing people grapple with the reality of I know the uh, the phrase a new normal is almost tired now but that's kind of where we are and you and I are both moms we have kids who are now home and I think we wanted to talk about how we're dealing with that you know I read something this morning that I thought was so good and it was talking about obviously everything that's going on and how so many things have changed piggybacking on what Amy said talking about it being unfiltered on social media I think a lot of people, we are letting our guards down right now, and we're showing, you know, that we're all at this, at at the end of the day, we're all human, and we all are kind of in this thing together, and I think it's it's just at the risk of sounding crazy, of course, I, I would never wish this to happen on anybody or, you know, any group of people, but I think at the end of the day, there's a possibility to come out better than we were before. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. I'm just thinking about all of the things that people are learning how to do that they resisted before or just didn't have the time to do before. And I'm thinking about all of the family time that people have together. And I'm not discounting, you know, people who are suffering because they're out of work. And, you know, I know people don't want to be home if they need to be working. But if we do want to see a silver lining, I think time is the silver lining. Time, you know, that's what I'm trying to remember with my kids is not to get stressed out about a schedule because that fell apart pretty much the second day that I tried it. I had good intentions that first day. I was actually, if you saw me the first day, I looked a lot like Mary Poppins. Um, By the third day, I looked like Miss Hannigan off of the Annie, the movie. 
things got dicey really quick around my house, so I, I can completely agree with you on that, Amy. Yeah, I thought, oh, we made out a schedule, and it was so pretty, and daughter was on board, my son not so much, but um, I made it work for a couple of days, and then I'm the one that sort of fell off the wagon Me because too. I got busy <laughs> doing my stuff, and, you know, if I'm not right there, they're going to go do their stuff, and, but it's... It's been okay. I mean, it's, it's, that's what I try to remember is it's okay because learning isn't something that just does, it doesn't just happen on worksheets or drills. I mean, learning happens in all kinds of scenarios. And that's what I enjoy seeing right now on, particularly on social media, is how people are incorporating learning into their everyday lives. Absolutely. You know, and something else, Amy, you mentioned, you said, you know, this, you're looking for a silver lining. And of course, we don't we don't want to see people out of work we don't want to see people suffering but the, the reality of it is, is we can't change anything right now you know I kind of think of it as this is the lot that we're given at this moment and you know we can't we can't physically change what's going on but we can change our mindset and our perspective around it and you know I'll be honest with you and I was talking with my husband about this last night there are some days and I'm sure so many of us can relate to this there are some days where I just I kind of almost suffocate with the, the, the fact of thinking about what's going on. And I just kind of have to remove myself from my kids for a few minutes and, and just go to my room and just take a couple of deep breaths because it's, it's heavy and it, it's scary and it's uncertain. And, you know, if I choose to dwell on that and, and continue thinking about that, it can really suck the life out of me and rob me of, you know, a good mindset that I need, you know, while I'm around my kids. But on the flip side of that, if I'm trying to look for the silver lining, like you said, Amy, I'm, I'm beginning to see more and more of those little tidbits of good popping up in my life. I was out yesterday. You know, you were talking about it being heavy. I, I got out yesterday, and I felt like I was breaking the law being out yes. yesterday. But Riley's birthday is next week, and, and Landon's birthday is in April, too. So I've got two April birthdays. And you're probably like me, you want to do something for Easter, even though we can't have the traditional Easter gathering. So I was shopping for two birthdays and Easter, and I just couldn't get everything I needed online. Her birthday sort of got by me, and Amazon is a little bit slow on their delivering now, and I couldn't get everything, you know, by Thursday. So I had to go out, and Target was scary empty. I just, I thought I'm going to go in here. I'm going to stay away from people. I, I wore my rubber gloves and you know, they were disinfecting the carts and they were disinfecting the um, checkout uh, machines. As soon as people walked away, they ran up and disinfected them. So that made me feel a little bit better. And I tried to hurry. You know, I just felt yeah. like I was doing something wrong, but I have read enough Stephen King novels in my life that it freaks me out to go in these places and to see this happening and think, this is real. You know, this is not a dream. And the store was so dark and quiet that when I went in, I asked a salesperson if they were closed. I said, are you closing really? or are you closed? And she said, no, we're not. We're not closed. And I thought, wow, you know, people really are staying home. But then I looked at those of us who were in there and I thought, you know, are we part of the problem we should be home but we're not home but you know you can't you know your life can't stop and what worries me is I was telling Brian this last night it worries me a little bit that people will get tired of this particularly yeah. right now when you know spring is a busy time with sports and things like that and it worries me that that parents may get 
tired and complacent and say, well, we don't have that many cases around here. We don't need to lock down. We don't need to quarantine. It's okay for us to come out. That's a really good point. And, you know, we have tried. It's funny you mention that about Riley because my, my daughter's birthday is in two weeks. And I ordered some things off of Amazon that won't be here until the 1st of May. So I may, may have to end up doing something similar. But we've tried our very best to... You know, and we have, for the most part, stay home unless it's an absolute necessity. And, and there are times that you, you know, for instance, you know, my son's on medication and we have to go to the pharmacy. I've gone to the grocery store once. I guess, like you said, Amy, the scary part in all this is that you can only control what your family does. You can't control what everybody mm-hmm. else does. I think a lot of people in the beginning of this thing said, and I, I'm guilty of it too, I don't think we took it very seriously. And that's all I mean, and it made perfect sense. It said, you know, this is kind of like whenever you were waiting to line up in kindergarten to go to lunch and there's those one or two people that kept talking and you had to sit longer until they stopped talking (laughs) you know I mean it's kind of like we're all sitting in time out waiting until we can get this storm to pass and kind of going back to what we were talking about being unfiltered I think a lot of people have let myself included you just kind of let your guard down and you get I think you you, you're peeling back layers of of almost even sanity you know I mean Mm -hmm. When Amy and I originally recorded this podcast, we were talking about it being unfiltered on social media and how we spend so much time curating, you know, a a reality, I guess you could say a false reality on on social media. And I think what we're seeing right now is is so many people really getting back to who they are and truth and reality. And, and, you know, I think that's, again, one of those silver linings. I think I'm, I'm looking at one of those is that we're seeing people being real mm-hmm. and real is a good thing sometimes I was thinking last night when was the last time I really felt like our nation came together like this when I say come together you know we're all in the same situation and we are collaborating on that and thinking about that and everything that we do and say has you know leads back to this and I guess in my mind 9-11 was really the last time that we had something happen that was so traumatic that it was it affected everybody, you know, everybody. Well, I mean, absolutely. But, you know, even then, thinking about 9-11, I agree 100%. Like for us, we lived down here in the, the bottom of the Appalachian Mountains, and you hurt for those people. You knew our country was being attacked, and but you were also kind of removed from it because it was so far away. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is everywhere. It is. This is, this is impacting everybody on a personal and, and close and proximity way. And I just, I've never seen this in my lifetime. So have your kids been asking any questions? Are they, are they, do they have any fear? Have you had to deal with that at all? Again, going back to kind of keeping my marbles together, I've been honest with the kids to a degree and kind of talking about what's going on. They know for those, you know, those of you that are listening, our schools are canceled indefinitely through the end of the school year. So, we are essentially on summer break. I'm trying to keep sort of a routine in the mornings, doing a little bit of schoolwork because I don't know what it's going to look like. Are they going to go back to school earlier in the summer? Are they going to, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I just, I'm trying to keep a little bit of normalcy around, but, you know, they've asked a few questions. They understand why we can't go places. But as far as like really, really understanding it, this is what I love about kids. I love their innocence and I love their resilience. I don't think it, they don't, they don't understand the depth of this. Mm-hmm. How about yours? Well, mine are not, uh, well, 10 and 12. I'm going to go ahead and round up because their birthdays are soon. <laughs> I think they get it. I think they see what's happening. 
they watch the news with me. I think their number one question is, how long do you think this is going to last? When do you think it's going to be over? Because I think they're aware of, at first it was really cool that they didn't have to be at school anymore, but, you know, boredom is starting to set in, and they're aware that they can't go see their grandmother, and, and really hit Riley hard when she realized she couldn't have friends over for her birthday. Yeah. So it's beginning to affect them in terms of how it's changing everyday life, but it's like, when will it be over? And, and I'm just honest with them. Like, we don't know. We don't, this is, this is something I've never lived through before. And this is something that, that's what I told them. I said, this is going to be in the textbooks. If not, by the time you're in high school, your kids will be studying this in their textbooks. I mean, you are living through a historical thing and you probably need to write about it. And Riley said, I'm going to start writing about it. And I said, you need to, you need to write down everything you're seeing and hearing and and doing and and how it feels and and what you're feeling and what people are saying and because you'll you'll want to read about that later and I think that's something everybody should probably do is is yeah, tell their story. Great, and I think my kids are my kids are younger. They're they're um, three, six, and nine. The first week it was fun and games because we're out of school. Hey, we're you know, we're mm-hmm. out of school and this is great, this is wonderful, and we're doing mommy school at home right now. Well, we didn't. We took a a week off because we pretended like it was spring break, and life was well and wonderful. And then the second week, I think it kind of started sinking into them. When they found out that, well, no, we can't, you know, we can't have friends over, and we're not going to the park, we're not doing these things, I think then kind of the reality started sinking in. And, you know, my son is doesn't enjoy school. My daughter loves it. So she really having a hard time. You know, missing friends, missing structure. She's just kind of lost right now. And so but I love the idea, you know, of, of journaling and, and letting them write about it because you're right. You know, I think for myself at least, one of the hardest things about this is that it is in some sense, well, it is. It's unprecedented. I think we're looking to history in a way like, how do you handle this? How do you react? How do you do? And nobody has answers. It's learning as we go. And I guess, you know, we think we're in the 21st century. We should know how to do everything. And this is really humbling. We don't know how to do everything. We are getting back to the basics and and trying to figure this out as we go. One of the things, I think we were talking about how moms were consulting with each other. I think on your Instagram account, you got a lot of questions about how are you making it work or what are you, what are some of the things that you're doing to make it work? And my mom had a great idea. She said, you know, you should make a time capsule with your kids. Like this is like the perfect time to do a time capsule together. So I think we're going to try that and maybe dig it up when they graduate or dig it up I don't know, when they're 25. You know, we got this notice in the mail. You probably got it, too, from the president's office about what to do to keep your family safe and what to do to protect your family. And I thought newspaper clippings, taking pictures, you know, going down our little town, our little street. Some of the businesses are closed, and they have those signs on the door that say that they have to stay closed because of the virus. And then I saw all the signs yesterday in the stores, you know, stay six feet away from people. So I keep thinking I've got to take pictures of these. You know, oh, got to yeah, have images of these things, and I think we're going to make a time capsule and bury it in the backyard. That's a really good idea, and we'll probably do that as well. You know, again, we are in historical times, and I think pulling your kids in and making them aware, to some level at least, of what's going on. Like I said, I'm trying to explain this to little kids, and in not so scary terms, but at the same time, serious terms, so they know, like, stop pitching a fit when we can't go to Chick Fil A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that's a really good idea to kind of get them involved and really help them to kind of see the bigger picture of what's going on. Another big thing for me is getting them out 
outside, not necessarily around people, but we have the advantage where we live in a rural area. And I know you have property on your farm, so you all can run free and wild. You know, getting out on these trails, we went biking the other day, and, and we went somewhere we had never been before that was so close to our house. I couldn't believe that we'd never been at the trail in Appalachia. It was just wonderful. We just had the best time, and they didn't know how much they were going to like it. That's another thing is... I struggled with that at first because they want to be near their electronics. And uh-huh. I know electronics are a big deal right now. They need them for school and they need them to communicate with their friends. But I'll tell you two struggles of mine is getting them in bed and out of bed on a schedule uh-huh. and getting them outside every so often, saying, you know, rooting them out of their rooms or rooting them away from their electronics. Those are my two big struggles. Well, and I think that's definitely a sign of your kids' ages. Mine are probably getting myself some time from them we have a contest I think every morning to see who can wake up earlier me or our littlest one and (laughs) he's beating me right now I mean he's waking up so early and so you know it's essential for me I'm Amy and I are both still working obviously we're working from home now so in order for me to have some actual time I have to get up earlier than they do and and so finding that time which is I mean I get up early anyway but he does too so trying to find that time to get up and still have a little bit of time for myself is important and I'm still in the stages especially with my youngest where I'm still actively involved in situating I mean I can tell them to get outside and play but get this pick this up I've lost this we're still in those stages so I think not ever feeling off does that make sense like I don't I I feel like at this point I'm always on well I understand I remember those days I do remember those days step away and be off for a minute you know unless I'm doing what I'm doing now which is you know my husband's working from home and I said give me an hour this morning to podcast with Amy so I've locked the bedroom door I've locked the closet door and this is like the first time (laughs) I've had alone and in a couple of weeks so I think that part is is definitely an adjustment for me but you know Amy Ben and I were talking about this you know we do live in a really rural area and I feel like we have kind of a different lifestyle I have resisted as much as I can the busyness of society but it's also been easier for me because my kids are still young we're not so involved in things what I thought when all this social distancing stuff started happening I thought well this really won't be a change for me a lot of change because we do a lot of things together as a family we are outside a lot we we are homebody but what I'm seeing now Amy is wow this is so different I mean it's opened my eyes to the difference between family time and quality family time how I prioritized stuff that shouldn't have been prioritized. I thought that I was doing well. I thought I was really going against societal norms right now. And this has showed me that really I was busy and unorganized and, you know, my priorities were out of whack in a whole different way. This is a lesson for me. It's a big lesson for me. Well, I think it is for everybody. I think everybody is feeling something similar to what you're describing. I knew that I was busy. I felt like I was neglecting the kids so much, you know. But this has been a good time to readjust and rethink your priorities and rethink what's important. And it is important, particularly with kids your age, and I'm talking to any mom out there with kids, is is to self-care. I mean, if you are not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be good to anybody else. And so if you do have a strategy for that. I think everybody needs a strategy to find some time for self-care. I, I get up before the kids and I try to get a workout in. I try to do yoga. Even if I don't if I don't feel like working out, I do yoga. 
which can be a workout. I walk the dog around the block. I spend some time with my Bible. I spend some time in prayer and journaling. And, you know, I just, those are the things that I do to get my mind right before they get up. That is the key. And I think a lot of it too is we've just not got a really good schedule down yet as far as sleep goes because we've been staying up later to catch up on the work that we've not been able to do during the day. And then when we go to bed, we're trying to wake up early, but yet, you know, our youngest son is beating us up and then the other ones wake up. So we're just, we're, we're still struggling trying to, to kind of find that norm. But I will say this is, is kind of one other huge lesson that I've learned in all of this. We can do with so much less than what we have. You know, I loved, loved, loved your Instagram stories about the old house, talking about the wallpaper. You went to an old house on your property, and you're salvaging some of the wood. You talked about how they papered their walls with newspaper. You know, we grew up around here. We know how people lived. We know what they used to do, but I, I, I think that was such a teachable moment for your children to see that, and when you found the paper dolls, it was just a wonderful story. No, I actually am back over there a couple of days ago, so you can look out for more Instagram stories. <laughs> because I did go back over there and, and go through the house. But, yeah, what Amy is kind of referring to is we have an old house on one of our farms, and it dates back well over 100 years. And the way that they lived back then is really kind of evident in this house that they plastered the walls. There was no insulation that the only thing that served as, you know, a barrier between the wind and the people in the house was layers and layers of boxes and cardboard and wallpaper and newspaper. And so we've been peeling back those layers and really, in my mind, finding little treasures. But we went back over there this past week and we went um, in the oldest part of the house, which is an actual chink and long cabin, went up the stairs and went up to the second floor and pulling through some of that log and that, that mud in between the logs. They'd stuck sticks back there. They'd stuck shirts in there, anything to kind of block themselves from the wind. And that has been, I'm, I'm still just so fascinated with that because I think, I think about how sufficient, self-sufficient they were in those times. You know, these people probably didn't have a car. So if they didn't have it at their house, you know, it was probably a, an ordeal. And here I am looking at my own life thinking about how much I relied on the grocery stores, how much I relied on Target, how much I relied on, you know, all of these stores that all of a sudden I can't really go to. And that's been a big eye-opener for me. And it's it's really kind of showed me the importance of kind of getting back to the, the basics and being reliant not on the world as much as I am on what we're able to do here. I've always canned vegetables and froze vegetables from my garden and this last year, fortunately, I had done that. And I actually, this year, I didn't even have a garden. I just went to a farmer's market and bought a bunch of stuff up to can and freeze. And the only regret I have is I didn't do more of it. So this is this is a big lesson to me as far as less is more. We can do with a lot less. And I think it's also important to some degree that we become more self-sufficient to take care of ourselves and our families. I live in an old house. There's so many remnants of their lives still here, and her canning cabinet is down in the basement. And when you open the door to the canning cabinet, she had papered the inside of the canning cabinet, and her handwriting is still there where she kept a record of what she canned and how much of it she had and the date. And it's just a constant reminder of what you just described of how self-sufficient people used to be. You know, I was raised with a garden and I was raised learning how to can and how to freeze. And I remember my great grandmother and her cellar and all of the beautiful, you know, vegetables that she had in those jars. And 
I was talking with my mom the other day about this, and she said, I don't worry about you and your brother because I know that if it came down to it, you would know how to take care of yourselves. You would know. Yeah. And I said, I would like to think so, but I don't. You would. You know, we, we put out a little garden every year, and we go to the farmer's market too. I wish I had canned more, and I wish I had frozen more, but you better believe that people are going to be gardening this year. They're going to be putting out those gardens this year for sure. Oh, I think this but will motivate know, people to do that. And that's the thing. It's, it's a good thing to learn. And if we really sit back and look, I think those lessons of being self-sufficient and being able to take care of families without relying on all of the stores and all this, that's not a bad lesson for anybody to learn. And I think looking at the silver lining in this, if we look hard enough, we're going to see that there are so many life lessons buried in the midst of all this stuff. So I many agree. things that we can teach our kids, so many things that we need to learn ourselves. I think we're going to see so much of that evolve over the course of the next few months. Yeah, and even if you don't if you don't have land or you don't have a piece of property where you can put a garden, you can do, you know, box gardening. You can do something in a, you know, you can grow tomatoes in a bucket and that's a great way to teach kids how to grow, canning and, and cooking. That teaches math. I mean, there are just so many ways that we can integrate things that they learn. I've seen several people say that they're going to teach their kids how to write in cursive because this, oh, is, the, this is the time to do it, and they don't have time yeah. to teach that at school. So this is the time to teach them how to write in cursive. I mean, I really love how people are turning back to the old ways, and kids, maybe maybe that's another silver lining, is that kids are going to learn things as a result of this that they would not have learned otherwise. I think so. I think if we're looking for a silver lining, I keep reminding myself of this every day. Brittany, you are learning things in this that are going to make you a better person, a better wife, a better mom. You are going to be able to teach your kids valuable life lessons that I don't think we would have been able to otherwise. You know, we're put into a situation where it's, we've got to fight or take flight and being able to take care of our families and take care of ourselves and do it in a way that we, we all of a sudden are kind of disconnected physically from the larger world there's just there's a lot of goodness that's buried in this so if we're trying to find a silver lining that that's mine for sure and on that note i just want to say to anybody who's listening hang in there do the best that you can don't beat yourself up i mean we certainly aren't here being perfect if you follow us on instagram you'll see that we're doing we're doing the best that we can too but i've just gotten to the point where i'm not gonna regret anything or feel bad if they get up late or if we don't stick to a schedule or they don't do a certain number of worksheets in a day there are far more things to be grateful for and to there are far more things we can see blessings in. Thank you. You touched base on a, a really important thing, and that is giving ourselves grace. It's going to look different for different people. Last night was Sunday night. I should have got my butt in bed early last night so that I could wake up and get ahead of my kids, but I stayed up until 12.05 watching the Tiger King, so, and I'm not going to apologize about that. I mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Well, we thank you for joining us today. Follow us at Southern Salon Podcast on Instagram and follow Brittany, Brittany P. Robertson. And I'm at Amy Clark Spain. And we hope you have a wonderful day.